I'll tell you what, I'm so full this morning, and it's not because of my breakfast. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord is just in this place. Wow, what a great atmosphere to bring the Word of God in. So I want to start off by telling you this, and I know a lot of you also do this, but every year, Pastor Joe and I seek the Lord to give us a word that becomes a theme for that year uh, for our lives. And last week, Pastor Joe shared that God gave him the word greater. Amazing, amazing. God is doing greater things, right? He said we will do greater things than he did, right? So we're beginning this year with a sermon series called Greater, which Pastor Joe started last week. Well, we learned the word for greater means larger in size, intensity or importance, and the New Testament word means abundantly more over and above. How many want this? Come on. And at the same time that Pastor Joe received the word greater, and I didn't know his word was greater, God gave me the word blessings. And I was like, blessings. I mean, it resonated in my spirit for weeks. And I kept hearing it and, and that this would be a year of exponential, monumental blessing for our family and for Grace Fellowship Church. I, I am telling you, unlike anything I've ever experienced before, I want you to know that God has spoken to my heart that you in this church are going to be exponentially blessed this next year. I, I don't even have to remember to pray for you. It's just there, okay? So I'm serious about this word, greater blessings. I heard it in my spirit. Then I found out that Joe's word was greater. I got blessings. He got the word greater. And that's when I put the two together, greater blessings. And, and of course... As Pastor Joe eloquently preached last week, the greatest blessing ever, 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 ever will be knowing God. That is the first and foremost blessing that we could ever receive. Nothing is greater than knowing God. So today I am going to declare from my heart and the heart of God over you greater blessings in your relationship with God. Be a good receiver. Who said that today? In pre-service prayer. Oh, oh, oh. Write that with your hand up. I went blank on your name. Paul. Paul in pre-service prayer said, let's be good receivers. So be a good receiver this morning. I declare 2 Peter 3.18 over you that you may grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that you may know him more and more and hear his voice. Listen, I was going to ask you to stand, but you had just got sat down, but I'm asking you to stand. I'm asking you to stand right now because I want you to make move. I want movement so you will receive this. I declare Second Peter 1.3 that his divine power has given you everything. You need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and his goodness. 
I also declare, Deuteronomy 28, 6 through 8, blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. You've come in and you're blessed. You're about to go out soon and you're going to be blessed. Get blessed will you be when you come in and when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated under your feet in Jesus' name. Your enemy is defeated. DeAndre always ends up wearing these shoes when I preach. And I said, you know what? Those are your shoes to stomp on the head of the enemy for me. Come on, DeAndre. He comes to me every time I'm preaching. Pastor Deb, I wore my shoes again. I'm like, stomp on that enemy. They will be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way. (laughs) And they're going to flee before you another way. Seven ways. Seven ways. (laughs) Hey, not just one. Not just three. Not just five. Seven. Seven is the word for completion. They will flee from you seven ways. And they will be defeated. They shall come out against you and flee seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you, bless you, bless you. I said that three times. It's in there one. But bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. But together, there is power in our unity. Together, let's embrace a greater knowledge of our God. And let us receive the greatest blessings he has for us, okay? Now, you need to listen up because there's hindrances. And I want you to understand how God blesses us. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, and God is able (laughs) to bless you abundantly. Abundantly sounds to me like more over and above, doesn't it? So that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you may just lavish it on yourself. No, no, good church. You will abound in every good work. There's a purpose here, a purpose for you to be blessed. God blesses us. Why? I mean, he wants us to be blessed, of course. But he blesses us so that we can be a blessing to others. We get the first part. Oh, gosh, thank you, God. Man, I'm blessed. But sometimes we fail to remember the second part. We're a vessel, And we're blessed so that we can bless others. He blesses us so in this scripture, it says we can abound in every good work. Are you abounding in good works? Whose life are you blessing? Because God wants you to bless it. We don't just consume it on ourselves. Psalm 67, 1 and 2 and 6 and 7 says this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Oh, wow. That is so good that your ways, oh God, may be known on the earth, 
your salvation among all the nations. Then the land will yield its harvest. And God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. People are watching you. They are looking at your life. And when they see God all over you and they see God blessing you, healing you, uh, saving your children and your loved ones, they see you enjoy and the, uh, the grace of God and they see you living a fulfilled, abundant life in Christ. Not that we don't have suffering and pain. Come on. This isn't a fairy tale gospel I'm preaching here. We know we all have that. But to the ends of the earth, they will fear God and they will see God. We're blessed to be a blessing. You know when all that started? In the beginning. From the very beginning, we see God's intention for blessing. Genesis 12, 2, God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. That's always been God's intention for blessing us. So God tells Abraham he'll be blessed so that he can be a blessing to all. And the same is true for us. Every blessing, blessing, blessing from material wealth to children, to the gifts of the Spirit, every blessing each one of us is given is so that we might bless others. Amen. Amen. And you know what? Think about this. Greater blessings. Blessing others is what makes it greater. It just multiplied. So it's greater. Jesus said in Acts 20, 35, it is more blessed to give than what? To receive. This brings us to a point I want to make here. I want you to know I am not preaching a prosperity gospel message today. Now hear me before you get upset. (laughs) The prosperity gospel does this. It emphasizes the believer's ability. I'm reading this definition right from a a dictionary. To transcend poverty and or illness through devotion and positive confession. Now listen, it's the teaching that faith expressed through positive thoughts, positive declarations, and donations to the church draws health, wealth, and happiness into a believer's life. It's also referred to as the health and wealth gospel. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to want to be healthy or to have wealth. Uh, It's not wrong. It's actually great. But there's two extremes here, and I want to go into those. Oh, about the prosperity message. Both are incorrect. Remember, a little leaven leavens the whole bunch, right? First, some people turn it into a formula. That almost seems to leave God, or does leave God out, entirely. All they have to do is make a declaration. I'm going to have a new car. God's going to give me a new house. All they have to do is declare something and they will get whatever they declare. That's what they believe. 
they, it's called a gab it, grab it, or name it and claim it mentality. Now, some people have used that formula to try to get wealth, which leads to money becoming an idol. Over the years, Pastor Joe and I have seen this happen so many times where people believe God for something for a long, long, long time. And when God doesn't do it, after a certain number of years, they turn on him. God didn't do what he said he was going to do. Oh, really? Guess you never really knew him at all. And maybe that's what he's trying to show you. Because God always does what he says he's going to do. Amen. On the other hand, some people have thrown the baby out with the bath. They shy away from anything that has to do with believing God for prosperity. They, they don't even want to make any declarations or ask God for blessings because they've seen it misused by others. So they kind of shy away from this altogether. They see their lack of blessings as, well, you know what? I'm suffering for Jesus. <laughs> Believe me, you don't have to work that up by lack of blessings. They're suffering in the blessing sometimes. There really is. So they, they kind of throw the baby out with the bath. And they, they say that Jesus teaches against material wealth. What does Proverbs 10.22 say? The blessing of the Lord brings wealth. And he adds no trouble to it. Trust me, there's balance in all of this. That's what I'm trying to teach you this morning. So neither of these approaches are correct biblical approaches. Both misbeliefs will hinder God's blessings in our lives. So I want to say this again. God wants to bless and prosper us. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in health. I'm sorry, prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers just as your soul prospers that means to me there's levels of prosperity and blessing it's not selfish to want to ask for blessings it's not wrong to make declarations unless you ask with the wrong motives john 4 2 through 3 says this you do not have because you do not ask god when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. That is not pleasing to God. That was James 4, 2 through 3. Obviously, God is not going to bless us if we ask with wrong motives. I don't know. They may, people like that may acquire wealth, but guess what? They're not blessed if they're seeking it for the wrong reason. So God does not bless that. He also does not bless us if we're asking for something that is not in his will. You can ask all day long. You can declare and, and make declarations all day long. If it's not in God's will, it's not going to happen. 1 John 5, 14 through 15 says, this is the confidence we have. Oh, we have confidence in approaching God. I love that. You know, sometimes I hesitate to ask for even more, you know? Like, am I being selfish? We have confidence in approaching God that if we ask anything, 
according to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. One of the things that we know, because we want to be in his will and we want right motives, is that God wants to heal us. So I have a really great testimony on this. Okay. Kim Tatum, my sister in the Lord, she's on my prayer shield. She leads my prayer shield and has for a very long time. She prays for me faithfully. So a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, many of you may have been here in this service. Before the service, I went over to her and confidentially shared that I had some health issues and I needed her to pray and would she do so? And she said, yes, that she would pray. Well, shortly after that, during the service, I got up, if you remember, and not the song, (laughs) not the song day, but I had a word in tongues. Okay, I spoke a word in tongues, and I'm going, God, give give an interpretation. Please have somebody step up and do an interpretation. And DeAndre came up, and he gave the interpretation to those tongues, and the first thing out of his mouth, I am the God that healeth thee. I had just shared with Kim in pre-service prayer. I did, I obeyed God. Some of you, you're not being blessed because you're not obeying God. If I hadn't given that tongue, I would have never got that interpretation. But that when he said that, I was like, Kim, Kim. I was like, it went all over me. God just said he's healing me, and I'm claiming that. I'm declaring that. And I started declaring that with my mouth and from my heart right after that. It went so deep into my spirit. Um, Now, before all this happened, I had scheduled an MRI, one of my favorite things. How many of you love MRIs? Mm -hmm. Just to find out what was going on. Normally, I want Joe to go with me. Did you go with me? You did go with me. Yes, you did. He did go with me. I don't even remember him being there. <laughs> I was so calm. I was so like, oh, let's do this. Yeah, I w- he couldn't come in the room. That was for sure. Normally, I want him in the room like holding my foot or something, you know. So during this MRI, I was totally calm. I was at complete peace. I was declaring my healing. I felt as though I would be healed and I was relaxed. I was worshiping God. A couple days later, the results came back. I was perfectly normal. Yeah, I didn't think God was finished with me yet. (laughs) I have more to do. I have more blessing to give. I really do. And that is what I want with my life, especially my latter years. I want to be a blessing to everybody that I can. There was one little issue I don't want to misrepresent that's normal. You know, that's common for my age. But I'm in good health, and I praise God for that. So I want to look at some biblical examples of greater blessings. Perhaps one of the greatest I can think of would be in the life of Job. Job 1.1 tells us that Job was blameless and upright and that he feared God and shunned evil. What a testimony. He was also very prosperous. Job 1.2-3 says, He had seven sons, three daughters, 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. I'm just glad we have two cars. You know? <laughs> 
and I'll clean my own house. (laughs) But Satan was given permission to test. By the way, we did just get a new truck. That's why I kind of said that, yeah. Or should I say Pastor Joe got a new truck? You know what? Every vehicle we've ever bought, as soon as it's paid off, we get a new vehicle. So we have two vehicles, and I always get to drive the new vehicle. But this is the first time he gets to drive the new vehicle. I'm so glad about that. Yeah. Great, greater blessing. That's right. All right. So uh, where was it? Okay. So Job had all this. But we pretty much know what happens, most of us. He loses everything. He lost everything. Satan was given permission by God to test Job to see if Job served him only for the blessings and the prosperity that he was giving. His wife told him, just die and curse God. But after losing everything, Job Job refused to curse God. So what does God do? Job 42.10 says, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. Greater blessings. Job 42.12 said, The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. Now, we all know he went through some suffering, right? Suffering was part of that. So remember, greater blessings is larger in size, intensity, or importance, abundantly more over and above. And I'm declaring that on you. I'm declaring it. The voice of God declaring, let that, let that go into your spirit. Those things that the enemy is trying to attack you with, he's going to be defeated in your life. Stand, believe, because God wants you to be blessed. And the, Satan is just a pest. Get, God's the exterminator. And you don't even have to hire him. He's going to kill that pesty devil on your behalf. That's what God does. So greater blessings. Now, I want to give you another example. In 2 Kings 2, Elisha. This is the one I want. He received a double portion of blessing. His spiritual father, Elijah, was about to die. And he asks Elijah what he can do before him before he dies. Elisha answers in verse 9. Let me have, or let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. And we all know Elijah was so anointed of God. So Elisha wanted that double portion of his spirit. And that is exactly what happens. Elisha receives a double portion. Okay, so I got to tell you this. A while back, Dorothy, who's sitting over here on the third row, precious Dorothy, she wears this beautiful dove cross or dove necklace that I love. And every time I'd see her, I'd compliment that necklace every time she wore it. So one day she shows up, I don't know if it was a birthday or whatever, but just a, maybe it was no occasion, and she gives me this dove. Can you, I don't know if you can see this. See it? This dove necklace. I love this necklace. I want to sleep in it. I want to ba- take a bath or a shower with it on, but I'm afraid it'll get tarnished. I love it. I want to carry it everywhere I go because it signifies to me the Holy Spirit in my life. Well, don't you know, I think this is the first time this happened with Dorothy and and myself. I walk over to hug her neck and we both have on our dove necklace. (laughs) 
double portion. I'm receiving it that way. I sure am. Not just for me, Dorothy. I bless you too with a double portion. Amen. That was pretty cool. Okay, so next, John 21, 6. Some of the disciples had been fishing. Most of us know this, but listen. They fished all night long and they caught nothing. We're not the only ones who have to wait a long, 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 long time, right? Early that morning, Jesus calls to them from the shore. By the way, guess what? They didn't recognize who he was. Hmm, wonder what that means. And he tells them to cast their nets on the right side of the boat. Some of them had been fishing on the wrong side of the, of the boat. Verse 6 says, when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. They listened to what Jesus said, and when they obeyed them, what did Jesus do? He went, it, they went from no fish to a large number of fish. And they had to recognize him too. Sometimes we don't recognize what God's doing in our lives. And we're doing it all wrong. We're on the wrong side of the boat. You need to start fishing on the right side of the boat. And the only way you're going to do that is to know him more and to hear his voice. If we want greater blessings, we need to know who Jesus is. If we want greater blessings, we must hear and obey and do what Jesus says. If we want greater blessings, we not need to start fishing on the right side of the boat. Greater blessings are the result of greater hearing, greater obedience, and greater faith. In Matthew 14, 13 through 21... We read about the feeding of the 5,000. Here Jesus was ministering to this really large crowd. It was time for the evening meal. Everybody was hungry. And we know this story probably too, but it, it, it just proves exponential double blessings. They had five loaves and two fish. Jesus gave thanks, fed 5,000 women and children. Everyone was satisfied and there were 12 basketfuls left over. Two things stand out here to me. First of all, Jesus gave thanks to the Father. And second, the result was greater blessings. Some of us are, are ungrateful. God can't bless ungratefulness. So we see that the Bible teaches that God is a God of greater blessing. So I want to look at some things that can hinder greater blessings, okay? This isn't an exhaustive list, obviously. There's so many sins that can hinder our blessings. But remember, God is a God of grace too, you know? I mean, it's not like always we have to do this and he'll do that. God can do whatever God pleases. And it's all his grace. Even when we obey and we repent, that's all his grace anyways. So he is a God of grace. But sometimes it, sin, sin can hinder our blessings. Um, but sometimes it isn't because of sin. Sometimes it's simply God's timing. And we're having to wait. But he delays his answer because it's not time. And he knows the best time. But just remember, a delay is not denial. God will bless you in his time. But here's some hindrances to greater blessings, unrepentant sin. Isaiah 59, 1 through 2 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities, iniquities, 
have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Obviously, being separated from God is not going to result in blessings. So to overcome that, Psalm 66, 18 through 19 says, if I had cherished sin in my heart, but that implies I didn't, the Lord would not have listened, but God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Repentance it quickly is the key to overcoming and to receive forgiveness and to, to get your blessings that God has for you. It restores his presence and his blessings. Next is unbelief. Here's the only way, I'm pretty sure the only way, to overcome unbelief is faith. To have faith, to choose to believe God over circumstances. And we receive from God according to our faith. Faith is a strong conviction that something is true. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. One translation says this, this faith is the title deed. I love that, of things hoped for. You, get, you know, you get a title deed to your car, that means it's yours, right? Well, it's the bank's, but until you pay it off, right? <laughs> it's, it's the title deed of things hoped for, the proof of things which are not being seen. In other words, faith takes ownership of something by faith before it takes actual possession of it. I believe that's what we did today. We are believing God for greater blessings, another hindrance, double-mindedness which is a form of unbelief. It's actually part-time faith and part-time doubt. One day I believe, the next time I don't. James 1, 5 through 8 addresses this. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. He vacillates back and forth. He believes, and then he doubts. They're in church, and then they're not. That kind of double-mindedness will never be blessed. Next is prayerlessness. James 4, 2. You do not have because you do not ask. I wonder how many greater blessings we could have had if we had only asked and had faith. Then praying with wrong motives, we talked about that earlier. James 4, 3, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend it on your pleasures. And this is talking about selfish prayers. Now, let me say, it's not selfish to pray for yourself. Everybody knows that, right? It's not selfish to ask God to bless you. When Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, he said in Matthew 6, 11, give us today our daily bread. That's asking for blessing. However, it's selfish when we pray only for ourselves. And that's all we care about is ourselves, or most of what we care about. And then we saw earlier we won't be blessed if we're praying outside of the will of God, so I won't elaborate on that. But lastly, I want to talk about, and we're, we're coming to the conclusion, <clears throat> what I believe is one of, if not the most common hindrance to blessings in the life of the believers. Most of us know this scripture that says this. And see, this is one of my favorite scriptures. If I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. 
pretty much know that, right? But do you know the condition? Yep. You guys are so smart. Here's the condition that comes before this blessing. Malachi 3, 10 through 12. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, greater blessing, you won't have room enough for it. This is the only place in the Bible where God says, test me in this. So listen to the blessings that are a result of giving financially to God. Some of you are wondering why God isn't blessing you more, but you're not being obedient in giving the tithe. I mean, if you're not a tither, I don't know. I don't know who is and who isn't, so I'm not pointing a finger at anybody. But we asked for blessing today, and one of the ways to get it is through obedience. Start somewhere. Just give something, no matter how small it is. Man, I wish I had time to share a a tithing testimony of some things I went through, but we're we're running out of time, so I can't do that. But if you want to know, come to me and I'll tell you. But okay, here's what will happen when we are givers to the house of God, the kingdom of God, and to God, okay? I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty, then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. Seven blessings that are, now I wanna go over seven blessings, I'm sorry, that are a a direct result of giving your tithe. These are the things, I I just said them, but I'm gonna go over them real quickly. Blessing one, God promises he'll open the floodgates of heaven over you. Blessing two, he'll pour out so much blessing, it'll overflow. Greater blessing. You can bless other people. Blessing three, the King James Version says, I will will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. You know what the word rebuke in the Hebrew means? I love it. Cripple or paralyze. I love that. Satan, you're crippled. You are paralyzed. You can't touch my crops, my family, my children, my finances, my health, because you know what? I walk in the truth of God's word. I know God Almighty, and I'm a giver. Blessing number four, the enemy will not be able to destroy the fruit of your ground. In other words, your finances. Blessing five, the vines in your field will not cast their fruit. That refers to fruitfulness in our lives, the fruit of the spirit, the fruits of God in our life. And you will become a testimony to others. It will make you a mighty testimony of the blessings of God as you give. And number seven, yours will be a delightful land. And you know what the, the word delightful means? Highly desired. You will be highly desired by God and by all those who see God in your life. Every time we give in faith, we bring ourselves and our family into a covenant of blessings with God. God has obligated himself to do that. That's why he said, test me in this. So not tithing is really hurting yourself. It's keeping you from the blessings of God. If you have problems, okay, with Malachi though, because it's Old Testament, 
Then listen to what Jesus said in Luke 6, 38. Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You give a little, you get a little back. You give a whole lot, you're going to give a lot, get a lot back. In other words, you determine your level of blessing. The measure of your financial giving is the measure of your financial blessing. Greater giving results in greater blessings. Don't be mad at me. I'm not the one who said it. God did. Your level of prayer will determine the level of your blessings. So greater obedience results in greater blessings. The level of your prayer will determine the level of your blessing and the level of your obedience will determine the level of your blessing. Your blessing. Your breathing. That too. <laughs> the level of your faith will determine the level of your blessing. Greater faith greater blessings. So let's choose today to trust God. Will you do that with me today? Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. Don't listen to the lies of your flesh. Listen to the truth of God. Believe God. Trust God. Obey God. And when you live to bless God and to bless others according to his will, you will have greater blessings. Because we serve a greater God, greater than anything, anywhere, anyone, greater than any physical, financial blessing he could give us. So not only are we asking for spiritual blessing, but we're asking also for healing in our bodies, for our children to come to know the Lord. That's a spiritual blessing in and of itself. So prayer team, would you come down? I also want to say, if you're here in, or out on social media and you don't know what all this is about, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need that blessing in your life. Salvation, the blessing of salvation. Come down and let these individuals pray with you or find someone sitting next to you and ask them to pray with you. Any other needs that you have, any other uh, prayer requests, come down and let these individuals pray for you. You know, the Bible says that we supply what is lacking in one another's faith. So if you want more faith, if you want double faith, let someone else pray with you, okay? We're talking about greater. Greater faith is when you combine your faith. So thank you. Thank you for listening. I, I want you to, when God starts blessing you in a greater measure, I want to know about it. Come to me. Come to me and let me know, okay? Love you guys. Pray you have a wonderful day today. Come down and have prayer. Stand up. Anything else, babe? <laughs> he keeps me straight. I get so caught up. Love you guys. We'll have one more song and you'll be dismissed.